welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Lee. This show is completely dedicated to giving you the stories, strategies, and top performance hacks from extraordinary minds around the globe. Without further ado, let's dive right in. What is going on, party people, ladies, and germs? I hope everybody's having an extraordinary day. Welcome to a special episode, holiday special, maybe it's a holiday special, of this show, where I am going to attempt to record this at the airport, because who doesn't love a little extra challenge? Today's topic, since in two days from this time of release, it's going to be Thanksgiving, and after that, just the madness of the holidays. Uh, This conversation is called Surviving the Holidays, and I want to introduce this conversation with a really lovely quote from Ram Dass, and Ram Dass, if you guys don't know, is this spiritual thought leader. Unfortunately, we lost him a few years ago, but he has this quote that says, if you ever think that you're enlightened, go spend some time with your family, and that has always stuck with me as I've gone through the holidays, as I've transformed myself and changed the way that I show up. And that's what our topic of conversation is really going to be. Our families have a ton, even our hometowns, which is where I'm currently headed right now, have a ton of different data points on who we once were. And our families, including our moms and dads, brothers and sisters, have so many memories and statistics and data in their mind of who they think you are as well that they can very much snap you back to that old reality which can cause like so many different triggers and activations in your life so i want to start this conversation on what does it really mean to you know quote unquote survive the holidays is there something to survive Well, when I go home, and I'm in the process of going home, one of the things that I constantly return to as I go into a new environment is the same conversation that we've had so many different times, which is that your biology, right, which is going to manipulate your neurology to change the way your psychology is being handled, right? So we go bottom-up biology, which is our cellular mechanism, stress, oxidation, all of those things, all the way up to basically our psychology and our mindset, And the mindset can also influence as well our biology. But the biology in and of itself loves certainty. It wants predictability. That's what that part of the machine, which is us, the meat suit, is really, really craving. It wants to have a predictable outcome. Now, when so many of us go home, even if we're not consciously thinking about it, our unconscious mind is running through just about every scenario under the sun. For me, what's really effective strategy is to just look at what's been surfaced, right? So I will do this very interesting visualization practice where I'm going home for Thanksgiving right now. I'm like, great, what questions am I like not wanting to answer? Like, what are the conversations that like I just don't want to go after, right? And then like just playing them out inside of my nervous system. And as you do that, when you get better and better at doing these visualizations or these mental gymnastic type of scenarios, Uh, you start to create different predictable outcomes for both your biology, but also for your brain and mind to operate inside of. And this has been one of the most powerful strategies, no matter what circumstance I'm going to. If I know it's going to be stressful, if I know it's going to be challenging, I will do kind of one of these uh, visualization exercises to provide my nervous system with exactly the type of predictable uh, information that I know it craves. 
Now, this is done for a multitude of different reasons. One of them is that I know that if I'm not controlling some of these challenging, not bad, but challenging emotions, that my nervous system will color them as if they are bad. And by doing these visualization practices, I'm kind of doing exposure therapy to some of these more challenging, um, not bad, but hard emotions. So when I get conflict, right, where I get um, some of these thought-provoking questions, let's say, uh, why are you still single? Why haven't you this? It's all of like the why haven't you, right, that that family is so good at doing. And I'm not saying all families do this. My family's really, really amazing, and they do some extraordinary things. And at the end of the day, they just care about me and they're asking because they care and they want to know as well. So running through these exercises is really powerful for that specific reason that I am going to allow myself and my predictive nervous system to anticipate what is going to happen. So my nervous system's not freaking out in the moment of those things. Now, this might seem like a really small tweak, but when I work with very high level executives, this is one of the primary neurofeedback tools that we use. What's the thing that you're nervous about? What's the elephant in the room? And then how can we go ride that elephant and then introduce to our nervous system the thing that it's most afraid of so it cannot anticipate fear, but anticipate curiosity. And the moment that you flip from fear and oh my gosh, this is going to happen to curiosity, you are the quantum manifester of that reality again because you are the one that is coloring the picture and the emotional tone of what is actually going on. And when you reach that level, no matter what happens in your life, you just become so resilient. Nobody can really mess with you. And it's an extraordinary place to be. Definitely takes some skill to get there, but uh, the more you practice, the better you get. Now, this circumstance and this scenario plays out secondary in a really lovely way as well. And that it will also introduce you to, oh, what are the conversations that I actually don't want to have? And this is a really excellent perspective to start to talk about boundaries. And I say this with anticipation, and I say this uh, just as an example, because my grandma does not do this. Um, but some people have very like uh, prying, very pokey, very pokey grannies and uh, parents that again, just very much care about their well-being and will ask them questions. Um, but if there's conversations that you're gonna have with family members, and let's just say like, oh, like, are you guys vaccinated? Or if you're unvaccinated, why are you unvaccinated? And this is not a vaccination conversation at all. But some of those questions are very much going to be like stirred up around the Thanksgiving table, right? Like, what's your policy on guns? Are you Catholic? What's meditation? Chris, why are you meditating so much? All of these fun things that I definitely have not pulled from experience um, are really lovely ways and very intentional set points that you get to have intellectually before they occur, right? Again, we are going to prime the system for anticipation. The reason I say this is that there are certain conversations that I personally am not willing to have with my family right now, knowing darn well that they are going to create agitation. Now, I also say this, that if these conversations need to be had versus you are ignoring them because they're uncomfortable, those are two separate things. So if you guys are having like, let's say the COVID conversation or the vaccine conversation, some of those things are very important to your family to know and to have that type of information. It's important to say and to set containers. I cannot hammer this down enough set containers for thought-provoking or agitating conversations. Here is how I tend to do that. Hey, Chris, 
can you explain to me why you don't go to church anymore? Conversation that I had when I was like 18 or 19. And I didn't have these types of systems. And I felt very attacked because, yeah, well, you don't talk about guns, religion, and sex at the dinner table, which are all the things they talk about at the dinner table now. Well, why aren't you doing that? If I was having that conversation again, I would say, hey, so here's what I would like from this conversation even before we start. I know that I'm even recognizing some like defensiveness in me from you even asking that question. And it would mean a tremendous amount to me that we could just maintain and have an open mind. And if anything comes up, to not attack or defend, but simply ask out of curiosity if there is something else that comes up. I'll let you know that if at any point I do feel attacked, that I will surface that up and have that conversation with you. And if at any point that you feel attacked or I feel like I'm defending and we are just like not making rooms on curiosity or open-mindedness, then I'm just going to take some space from the conversation for maybe an hour or two or maybe a day or two. And then we can return to it and see if we've created better questions. How does that sound? And 10 out of 10 times, not 10 out of 10, I said nine out of 10 times, uh, people are just like, yeah, wow, yes, that sounds awesome. Because they know that some of these things are agitating. And if they're poking to poke, most people will kind of know that. Like, you'll intuitively know. You're just poking to be a jack wagon. Like, what what are you doing there? Like, stop being such, like, a pain in my ass. Like, uh, and those are good times for boundaries. But if it's an open container, like, I can basically talk with my brother about flipping anything. And we shall. We'll be talking about all kinds of goodies, right? And we can tend to set up containers like that where, awesome, uh, let's talk about being parents, right? And what that really looks like and say, hey, just as a heads up, there's no right or wrong way to parent. And the way that I do it, I know is like in the traditional sense, like very different than the way that you do it. So like, let's just have an open container. And typically it's like, yeah, high five, like let's do that. Let's go for a walk. Let's go just like have this conversation. Let's go get coffee, all those different things. Um, I also have a younger brother uh, who is insanely intelligent and sometimes having conversations with him, I'm like, just go back. Like I didn't get that go back and we'll have playful conversations like that because he's still in university right now and he's having like this extraordinary opportunity to both learn and then teach me, um, which is always really, really lovely. So um, that's going to tie us actually into the next part of conversation is this is an amazing opportunity meeting back with the family and going into the holidays, even like your local family, uh, to really look at, oh, where am I triggered, right? And beginning to make an index of these things. If you're like, oh, I don't have anything that I'm really working on with myself right now, holidays are a great way to build a textbook of all the things that are like challenged inside of your system. So when you go back, uh, let's go back to some like neurobiology really quick. We build our belief systems and or our lens to look at reality based on high emotional tone. High emotional tone can be good or bad. We tend to hold on to the quote unquote bad or challenging or more more uh, stress antagonistic um, emotions and those begin to color our lens because we are very much contact and conflict avoidant to protect the biology and to protect the meat suit. Makes sense. So setting those parameters up, you can take a deeper dive to say, lovely, I recognize that during the holidays I had a lot of this or um, there was like some points of like disappointment maybe if you're a family that celebrates gift giving and you're like, oh, I felt like I didn't get the thing that I deserved or I felt like this or I felt like that you could start to build up like the feeling and processing of disappointment a lot of times and this was true for me despite it not having been real true to my body and my reality my system perceived it differently than it was because I was like seven or eight years old that 
I was jealous of some of the gifts that my brother was getting. And due to that, that jealousy had like colored my experience with money, um, which is like such an interesting thing to kind of play out. And for whatever reason, my biology said resent, 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 resent. And I always had this like awkward, uh, like resentment towards like my brother and his like success for like the longest time until I was like 20, 22, 23. And I started to dive really deep into this stuff. I was like, what the absolute frog is going on here right now? And I started to go back to the core of it and said, man, I think I feel resentment. I think I feel like this weird feeling of like not getting what I think I deserve and like this lack of worthiness. Oh, I think that's what it was. So there's a negative emotion that is hiding a gift inside of it, which is the positive experience, right? Negative emotion hides the experience. So it's kind of like there's a chest with treasure inside of it. The negative core wound that we had holds the gift of understanding and worth. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful experience when you can start to unpack these things in a different way. So this is a really awesome opportunity to go, oh, wow, look at all of these really lovely triggers that are going on and begin to make an index of, all right, where did this come from and what do I want to do about it? Understanding that as we process our emotions, as we dive deeper into these experiences, as we play different games inside of our intellectual framework, that we as a human being need to do something very specific which is understand that these are habits, right? The way that we perceive our trauma, they're habits. And we've done them for such a long period of time that they're basically unconscious. And the way that we bring these are servicing them up to the conscious and then changing the way that we behave. The fastest way to alter mood is by altering action, right? Mood follows action over and over and over again. So if you're recognizing a negative, quote unquote negative, bad trigger, and you want to transform that, the way that you can do that to help support shift is by changing your relationship to it, by altering your behavior to it. This can simply mean taking six deep breaths, which is research-backed. Instead of taking one breath, taking six. Really lovely research out of China showing that that deep mammalian reflex. You want to take six breaths in and then just going, cool, what is my response? I want to color this differently. This is challenging. And the moment that you recognize that something is challenging is the moment that it doesn't have as much challenge to it. Why that is, I don't quite understand. Um, probably building some emotional intelligence and some language formation there if I was taking a stab at it. So moving down the line, what are some other tactics that you can have during the holidays? You guys know me and I am pretty strict with what I consume. And I will say without a shadow of a doubt that I'm gonna wear my stretchy pants to grandma's house on Thanksgiving day and I'm gonna consume some food most likely a large amount of it. Now, is it gonna be cooked with ghee and grass-fed butter? And is the turkey gonna be, I don't know. And honestly, do I care? Not really. It's like one or two days out of the year that I am letting it rip. Give yourself the grace to be a human. Have some glasses of red wine, have some beers, have some cocktails. Whatever floats your goat that is legal in your state, saying that for you people out in California, Texas, Michigan, any place that has the devil's lettuce that is legal, do things that are legal in your state, right? And understand that there's going to be potential consequences to those actions tomorrow. And, oh, well, be a human being, love, live, have all those experiences. Um, Because some of those best experiences that I've had have been with my, like, brother and mom, and we're playing, like, backgammon or Scrabble or, like, all of these different things. And, like, we're just enjoying each other's company around dinner or around having a glass of wine and all of these other different things. So don't let high performance, uh, 
optimization get in the way of celebrating your humanness? And I'll kind of leave it at that. Now, what's also really important is to make sure that that habit doesn't become a ritual, right? Make sure that like the habit of like, oh, I'm gonna do this like, you know, once a week or I'm gonna like uh, have a gluttonous period of time. There are day for cheat days and I personally partake in a cheat day about once every 14 days. Keeps my sanity pretty good. I eventually uh, will get down to like one every seven, but one every seven right now just doesn't work well for me. So know that, um, but understand that forgiveness is really important during that period of time while also sustaining your own habits. I cannot say this enough. Sustain your habits during the holidays. Most people, whether you're traveling back home, I still take the necessary minimalistic equipment that I need to create the environment internally to help sustain external emotional resilience. Those are my daily habits. Wake up at 444, meditate, journal, educate, write, blog, share content, all of those different things. I am going to schedule my information out, but I love to do those things. Those are things that like fulfill me and allow me to experience myself in a new and interesting perspective, which I always want more of, right? So that I continue to show up fully for myself, fully for my daughter, and fully for the clients that are coming into my circle, getting co-regulation in some of these other facilities that we do provide. Also, shout out to all the community members of Wired for Worthy who are keeping this podcast unsponsored with Squarely Sponsors. Uh, if you guys are interested in joining that party, we have two weeks free, um, and that'll be about five sessions. So it'll be two sessions, well, it'll be three sessions. Have that conversation later. So maintaining your habits, again, three non-negotiables every day. It's kind of what I recommend. Um, and then now that we're kind of into the winter holidays, I'm just gonna sprinkle a little bio uh, into you, a little physiology. Um, you are more prompt to be dehydrated during the winter months than you are in the summer months. Deep dehydration, deep. Let me understand and let me explain why. When we go into the winter months, the spectrum of the sun changes. The intensity and the spectrum change, which means it's not gonna be as hot, and we're also getting a different spectrum of UVA versus UVB, which is why colors are different. Like, as I drove to the airport, the lines in the road are different shades, even though they're not, right? It's the same paint, but the way that it's refracting is different. This also means that your refraction to your cells and making small and simple four-phase water, four-phase water is the water that your cells use to sustain and create mitochondrial shifts. They make micro batteries in your life. Now, this is really important information to know because we are not exposing as much of our skin to the sun. Because of that, our deep cellular hydration that is typical is not going to be occurring at the same rate. To back that, you can get something like a luminous red light and start to do some red light therapy. Really powerful, really effective strategy, would recommend to a friend. Or you can get all kinds of squirrely and sunbathe in the winter as much as you humanly can, as naked as humanly possible, and don't obviously do cold things and really negative temperatures. But getting sun exposure and also sustaining vitamin D levels is gonna be really, really important to boosting immunity, deep cellular hydration, all of those different things. So these are the very simple tactics that I wanted to share with you guys that you could start to implement to help create 
emotional, intellectual, cognitive, and physical resilience throughout the holidays. If you guys have any more questions during any of this, please feel free to drop me a message on Instagram at Dr. Chris Lee. And if you're interested in joining our co-regulation community where we talk about this and all other real human things throughout uh, the period of the holidays, that is our community called Wired for Worthy. If you go to the link in my bio on Instagram, you can get two weeks free right now. We meet every Thursday at 11.15 a.m. Eastern Standard. And then every other Friday, we have Book Club, um, which is a new feature, which is really, really amazing. We now have a very lively, very awesome Telegram chat that is just a rock. And so you're getting daily content. I'm dropping content in there all the live long day. And that is a little special yeehaw and a little special two-week surprise uh, from me to you. So if you're interested in joining that, we would love to have you. And if anything, just come trial it out for a couple days um, and just see what you think. Because I think we have like 40 hours of content. Um, all kinds of podcast interviews, shadow work, meditations, just about anything you can need is inside of there. So you beautiful people have an extraordinary holiday. I'm very excited to go see my family and I will talk to you all soon. And that's the whole shebang. I hope you guys had an amazing time with our delightful guest today. And if you would do us an amazing favor to continue to facilitate the extraordinary growth that this podcast has had, if you are listening to this on Apple or iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us tremendously to continue to grow our not little family anymore, but it helps grow our family, but it also helps me get feedback on the things that you guys enjoy. So I continue to put on shows and have guests on that are going to support your highest expression. And just for the heck of it, here's a little smooth jazz for you. Hope you guys have an amazing, amazing day. We'll catch you on the next episode.